On this episode of Deep Thrones, we review House of the Dragon Season 1, Episode 4, King of the Narrow Sea. We celebrate the return of Daemon back to King's Landing. We dissect the highly controversial scenes inside this episode. Plus, we do another Mount Rushmore and many more hilarious segments. Winter is here. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Deep Thrones. Wow. That was season one, episode four, The King of the Narrow Sea. Mm. I, of course, am Sims. My co-host here, Sheedy's here. What's up? Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing on this beautiful day? Wow, what an episode. It it was. It was a lot going on in that episode. That was uh, controversial. Controversial, I think very hot, spicy. Hot and spicy. If you're new to Thrones and you're not used to incest, you might be a little... You know, not into that. I don't think anyone's into it, you know, but I do think that if you're used to the world, you're sort of um, just sort of accustomed to it. But for a lot of people, I bet this is going to be a controversial episode. And we'll 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 get nitty gritty with the details here soon. We're going to get in every nook and cranny, every crease you saw in that episode. Me and Chris are going to be deep in covering for you guys on this podcast. Isn't that fun? <laughs> but before we go on, um, I would implore you to please like, share, subscribe, tell your friends about our pod. We actually um, we had some conversations this weekend. Some really good conversations. Uh, with yeah. uh, some, some Thrones fans, some Hot D fans. And so yeah. we, we should have a couple more listeners. So if that's you, welcome to the pod. And we're getting more followers on our Instagram to you as well. Thank you, guys. That's really cool. You guys are the best. Yeah, um, for real. Speaking of which, though, we had a little Deep Thrones boys day out. We did. We got some brunch in Chris's new neighborhood. It was very good. I had a little steak and eggies. I uh, checked out his new crib. It's beautiful. Uh, so, yeah, we, we, we made a whole day out of it. We went and caught the afternoon slate of college games. Amazing games. Texas almost upset Bama. Man, I <laughs> I saw that. I was Because we turned it on. It was like 10-10. And I was like, man, yeah. they this is, this is a win for Texas already. Yeah. Um, but then they ended up losing twenty to nineteen huge, to Bama. Huge weekend for Alabama. They get that win yesterday, and then they get a little incest today. Everyone's happy in Bama. They are, they're so pumped. They're hyped. They're so pumped. Uh, but that was a really great slate of football. And then, of course, we we went downtown and celebrated our legal counsel Brett's birthday. Yes, and, uh, happy guests, birthday, Brett. Guest not this week, but next week on the pod, uh, and we'll talk yes. about his birthday. And also, I think we should ask him a bunch of legal shit about House of the Dragon. <laughs> Well, one thing is, I mean, we're lawyered up at all times. We're lawyered, so. honestly. Come, I dare you to come for us. You know, we've you. got we'll we've got copyrights, shit. we've got trademarks, we got oh man, we got patents in different area codes. <laughs> we're all set. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a nice weekend. I, I'm not gonna lie, I was hurting a little bit today. I woke up like like right at like nine thirty and like immediately started my day and was kind of moving slow. But great day of football today. Then I mean, we got we got a Bears win. We got a Viking. So I'm a Bears fan. I'm a Vikings fan. So we both both our squads won, and then and the, the Packers, Packers lost. lost. Thanks to the Vikings. Yeah, well, that's the thing too. Like the Bears beat a 49ers team that's playing an NCAA quarterback named Trey Lance, who is not a professional quarterback. Uh, gave up ten points to him. That's cool. The Vikings kept first ballot Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers to seven points pretty so i mean if you compare the victories 
you know, I mean, you punch a blind kid or, or does David beat Goliath? Can I ask you this? Uh, who did the Packers lose to in the playoffs last season? The 40. Oh, you're doing. Okay. Are you doing six degrees of Kevin Bacon? I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying here, like if we want to That's start true. comparing victories, like, I mean, technically the 49ers were better the last time Jimmy that they G, played though, the Packers. Man. Jimmy G. You, Jimmy G was G, on the sideline. It's not, it's, it's not our it's, fault that they didn't play Jimmy true. G. That's true. You got to play against your team and the Bears did that and they pulled out a gutsy win. That was a gutsy win there's no doubt about we're it. a sports podcast now yeah. so if you came here for house of the dragon yeah. you're in the wrong spot that's our next we're also doing deep balls which is our <laughs> our sports podcast wow. uh, but great weekend and we in this episode might be a little longer so we hope you enjoy it we hope you enjoy our silky smooth voices we're gonna get into it because this was a lot to cover in this episode let's dive on uh, in let's dive on in so we start off um and, and rainier is holding court listening to pitches for that apparently viserys is set up all these lords to sort of make their case why she and I, okay so essentially they're all making their case of why she should consider them for to, to be her her husband but i have a question why was baratheon helping why so it, look, it looks like they were at storm's end yeah so i think that's why he was to, right to i mean because the guy who comes up here is dundarian who of course is a house in the stormlands and particularly in the dornish marches which is on the south end of the Stormlands, but then um, you also see here. So this is actually one of my favorite scenes of the episode. But started off hot. So he's talking and kind of presenting his claim, and then Rhaenyra cracks a, a joke at him, yeah, like, "Yeah, you're half good. a century old." Yeah. Um, and but she like said like someone. I think it was was it Baratheon who said like Queen and my my princess was, don't yeah, do Lord that. Baratheon did. He said he's like, "Come on, you can't you can't just." burn the guy like he's trying to be nice you know and she's like this is a joke that he's even she comes in spicy this let me tell you guys something rhaenyra's spicy all around this episode that's my that's my queen Mm, honestly she's not my queen but she's she's she is cute as a button so then you have blackwoods so a little kid comes up next. Yeah, she gets an old man, and now she gets like a ten-year-old. And my, I, I think that this is going to be Ben Blackwood. They didn't say his name. We know it's a Blackwood. Yeah. Um, but if it is Ben Blackwood, that's going to be a major player in, in the the wars. Probably come. next season. Yeah. I don't think it would really come into play this season. But definitely keep an eye out for that guy. Uh, he gets heckled by a Bracken that's standing yeah. to the side. Apparently, according to Chris, this is like an old rivalry. These oh, two yeah. houses got some beef. So we'll actually, later on in the episode, I'll kind of give us a run through on that. But uh, they get in a duel because this guy's just mercilessly insulting Blackwood. And Blackwood ends up slicing his ass up and winning at the Yeah, end. the kid kills this guy. He was like twice his size, probably a couple years older than him, probably like a, a mid to late teenager. Um, Rhaenyra sort of lets out like a, whoa, that's wild. And uh, she cuts her tour short, even though she was supposed to tour for like two more months to meet potential uh, potential matches, I guess. And she then sets sail back for King's Landing from Storm's End. And they get a little drive-by by uh, Damon <laughs> on Caraxes, uh, right? Yeah, side yeah. swipe. So he he, he, he swung him. down low on them. He, he did. He high-lowed him a little bit. He, he sort of horse-tackled. Too many sports references. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but he hits it a little bit. The boat sort of um, sort of lists. That's a boat term for you for the lay people. Rhaenyra then hits the deck, kind of bumps her head. And when she gets up, she's like, I'm fine. And like smirks because yeah. Damon's back. Let a little smirky. So it is interesting, like you you see even in the next scene, so we, we bounce over to the Red Keep and they're expecting to have 
uh, Damon walk in because, of course, he lands in on the dragon. Like, they all know that he's going to be there. So everyone's assembled at court. Yeah, everyone gets ready. And Rhaenyra walks in, noticeably does not make eye contact with Viserys. Yeah, she's head down. Yeah. She's, head down. she's preparing for Damon. Everyone's kind of hyped for Damon to get there, but Rhaenyra's especially excited to see her uncle. Damon fucking strolls in wearing the, the crown. Um, there's a lot of to do. I mean, I think it's Harold Westerling pulls a sword on Damon. Mm-hmm. Damon has the crab feeders uh, hammer where he would nail people's fists to the, the post. I'm not going to say what he says about it because I'm using that later on. Uh, <laughs> but he throws the hammer and he takes a knee and says, uh, well, he says, he says, like, they, they fashioned me king of the narrow sea, but I know there's only one true king, your grace. And he mm-hmm. kneels and says, the stepstones in my crown are yours. Which is, which is major because there was some tension as to is Damon going to try to make a rival claim to the throne? Is he trying to maybe usurp Viserys' position? But it comes back to Damon is faithful to his brother. No, I mean, he'll push limits all day. All day. But he is... Oh, will he? he <laughs> We're about to find out just how far he will push some limits. He will push the crap out of some limits. But he at the end of the day, I, I stand... Like, I'm glad that they're putting this on screen because... Yeah, me too. He... Uh, he like that's the one thing like he's not gonna, um, I guess he won't belittle Viserys no. in any way. He will not. No, he's 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 gonna be blunt and to the point. Um, and then that scene ends with a big embrace. Viserys is hugs hug David, hugs him, and that's actually kind of a strategic loss for Otto. I think Otto wishes that it was viewed as here's this guy who left without your leave. He uh, disrespected um, that messenger you sent. He disrespected the ships you sent. He disrespected the men you sent. Uh, but Viserys, the blood of the dragon runs thick, and he gives him that hug, and they leave, and then there's this awkward four-way conversation between Viserys, Damon, Allison, and Rhaenyra in the in the Godswood, or, or just in like a little pic, like a little picnic area. Yeah, I, I think it is the Godswood because that that weirwood tree is in the background. Um, Viserys is. It, it looks like he's a little bit in his cups, and they're chatting. You can see again that love between that brotherly love between Viserys and Damon. Um, Rhaenyra and Allison are hanging out in the background, but you can see Rhaenyra's kind of, she walks up and says something to Damon at first. Mm-hmm. The tension's there with Viserys. Tension Viserys is pissed. Allison's Allison pissed. picks up on a little flirty vibe between like Rhaenyra it. and Damon. Can I ask you a question? I don't mean to side, uh, sidetrack here, but is, yeah. is it normal for a weirwood tree to be this far south? Are they um, all over Westeros, technically? So, you know what? We, in, actually, in episode one, we I kind of said this. that it, was, it, it might have been a little odd. But I do think because King's Landing, like Aegon intentionally tried to bring everyone in. Planted one. In, in the Seven, in in the seven Kingdoms. Yeah. So I think that that was an intentional decision to put that werewood tree there. Gotcha. But it is a um, northern belief. It is a northern part of belief. the old gods. Yeah, the first gotcha. men usually kept the old gods. And everyone, the Reach, the Stormlands, um, Seven. you know, the, the Western Lands would be the, the Faith of the Seven. Awesome. Sorry about that. Yeah, you're good. Uh, no, dude, listen. This is, this is what we're here for. This is for. our podcast. We can do whatever <laughs> we... And guys, honestly, I, I swear to God, there was... Two weeks ago, Chris was drunk and he came in here. He's like, I don't fucking care. I'm going to spoil everything. I was like, no, Chris. <laughs> we, made, we brewed a big cup of coffee and we got him sobered up because he was ready to rock. He's like, I'm going to tell him how the fucking book ends. Like, don't do it. Dude, you know, there there's some premonitions like, in this episode. Like, fucking, they don't even know that Jon Snow stabs Daenerys. They're fucking stupid listening <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> I was like, no, Chris, don't. Yeah. Um, and then so we actually we see Rhaenyra and Damon go off to the side. And they're, they're having a little bit more of an intimate conversation now. And they talk about 
marriage being a sort of prison. Yeah. And in this scene, Damon just has like the nicest like hair poof. I Dude, don't even he's got know some what flow. He's got yeah. some. Remember when I got my the first time I ever got my hair cut, and we were talking about like the flow I had going yeah. back in the day. What do you call that little piece that hangs down in the front there? I don't know. Just the just a little bit of something. <laughs> some, a little <laughs> a sauce. Little, a little sauce. Yeah, for the ladies, um, or the guys doesn't matter. Um, and yeah, so they have that chat. There's also like a bit of a side chat where Rhaenyra and Allison are sort of getting a little close again. Yeah. Sort of laughing, yeah. hugging out. And it, it's very friendly at this point, but we do see that closeness. And I think I honestly do see what some of those rumors online said, where there is a bit of tension between them that maybe they loved each other more than just pals. You know what? I, on our midweek mayhem episode, we talked about, is there a chance of that relationship between Rhaenyra and Allison to rekindle? And here it certainly looks like they're they're at least chill with each other. I think we asked Kinsey specifically, and she said it's possible. They just got to make the effort. And right now they're making mm-hmm. the effort, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know if you had this as your yes queen or, or best line, but one of the best lines that I had written down here um, with that conversation between Rhaenyra and Damon says, from Damon to Rhaenyra, you cannot live your life in fear or you will forsake the best parts of it. Exactly. And what's ironic, too, is Damon is learning a little bit from other people because Myceria, a few episodes, said the same thing to him. The yeah. whole reason she got with him was to be away from fear. Her yeah. whole life has been fear. So Damon is sort of an older guy, but he's also such a hot rod that I'm, I think that he still has many lessons to learn in his own right. He's he's maturing. Apparently, Rhaenyra matured. They both said that to each other. She's gonna get Yeah, she's going to mature a lot in this episode. Oh, yeah. A lot of maturing about to take place. <laughs> Uh, there's a small council. House Valerian's a little off the perkies right now. They're making some power moves. House Valerian. Uh, am I saying Valerian? Yes. All right. Yes. And uh, Corliss is apparently going to marry Lena, his oldest daughter, to um, a, uh, a sea lord in the Free Cities, which is sort of, a, and they're sort of also ruling the Stepstones right now. And he's yeah. not at court. So it's um, it's the son of the sea lord of Bravos, and... It wouldn't. I, I don't know that it would necessarily be the biggest deal, except for the fact that, like you said, he's noticeably missing from court. Right. He's obviously holding a grudge against the king, and, and so it's like, potentially powerful because they also have dragons. It's a power grab. It's a, it's one hundred percent a power grab, and so Rainies, you know, you know, it, and we actually. It's funny because last Monday, I I sent you an article from yeah. a wiki of Ice and Fire, and it was about Lena Valerian. And it mentioned this betrothal, and I was like, I wonder if they're going to show this in the show. Right. And, sort of. and they, and lo and behold, they do I'm curious, know, five days later. Lainor got older. We haven't seen older Lena yet, but that 12-year-old who was talking to Viserys is already no longer in the show. It's going to be older Lena. Right. I, next week, uh, we will see both of the older actors, the same Lainor that we saw on, on his uh, on Sea Smoke and then the older Lena. Um, Rhaenyra goes to her chambers, and, and uh, while she's doing that, there's the juxtaposition of... Uh, Allison's in her chambers with a crying baby. She can't sleep, but it's just a pretty miserable evening for Allison. The babies won't go down. And which finds... which we we speculated that that is Helena, who yes, who is Aegon's sister. Now yeah. you know there she's it, too it, young it, to be Aegon because this had no right. hair, and Aegon yeah. had a full head of blonde hair last mm-hmm. episode. He's two or three years old. So yeah, it it could be Helena. Um, it could also be another sibling, but. Um, for now, we're just we're gonna roll with Helena. And yeah, then, we're gonna operate on that belief. Yeah. Um, and there's that juxtaposition, and then Rana, Rhaenyra finds like a care package in her room, 
it's a, a bag full of just dirty ass clothes and she takes uh, a whiff of it takes a big sniff of them draws which we've all done that right you find a pair of, you're like these could, i could go another day with these bad boys <laughs> oh man you know i didn't do much today just Te- text us offline and ask about op, op draws yeah that's it we'll be we'll be sure to tell you all about it um <laughs> And she finds, like, a map on how to sneak out, and behind her bed there's a secret passage, and eventually she links up at the end of that secret passage in those, like, the kind of ratty-ass hipster clothes that she's... She just looks like she lives in Portland. Uh, but she meets up with Damon, and this, of course, harkens back to a few episodes ago when people are like, how is Damon listening into that small council? Yeah. Magor built the castle um, sort of like how H.H. H. Holmes built his murder castle, with all these inner chambers that only... Uh, the powerful would know about only the smarts of the smarts and Damon's the smarts of the smarts. And you better believe he's a sneaky fellow who's going to take advantage of that. So he, he knew that's how he knows all these corridors. And he knows it so well that he can draw it on a map and, and like she could just pick up on it right away. Yeah. The scary part about that is he just has free access into, into her chambers, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Well, she, she's going to be offered free access to her chambers a little later. <laughs> and we'll see if he, if he enters or not. Um, we're having fun. So, right. so they they go out on a nice little nice little night out on the town. Um, yeah. Um, and we we all I mean, me and Chris couldn't stop talking about this, and we usually don't talk while we while we watch, but they go to Flea Bottom for yeah. sure. It's definitely Flea Bottom. It's ratty, but it's fun. It's vibrant. It's live, and this show is really showing these areas that Game of Thrones really didn't show. It's really getting into the nitty-gritty. We, we heard right? about Flea Bottom. We knew da- Davos Seaworth was from Flea Fucking Bottom. We talked about it all the time. You know, we never saw action in there. And, and for some, for an area that is such a integral part of, you know, what King's Landing is, the culture of King's Landing, for it to, not to be shown until this point is kind of, you know, disappointing yeah. in its own right, but the way that they put it on screen is was amazing. I thought it was very cool. And Chris, if you'd allow me to, I'm going to sort of go on a bit of a scene rant here because they're all sort of jumbled together. Yeah. And I, I want to stress that they do. The show writers have done, and me and Chris talked about this as well, a very uh, good job of mirroring experiences amongst people inside of scenes, right? And we see this right now with Rainier and Allison. We see a woman who's about to experience a sexual awakening. Versus another woman who is doing her duty and is not enjoying it at all. She's up late with those kids and she can't sleep. She then is bathing Viserys, Allison is, and he's covered in scabs and she's not at all enjoying it. Viserys then calls for her and he's making love to her and his back is all scraped up and it zooms in on her face and she's not having it. At the same time, Rhaenyra is flying around Flea Bottom with Damon. They're seeing magic shows. They're seeing a live street performer joke about who's going to take the throne. Uh, and we'll talk about that specifically in another in a second. But Rhaenyra then goes to a brothel with Damon, and they see sex and stuff. And Rhaenyra is beginning to understand like her own awakening, while another woman is sort of forced into the duty. And I think that was an interesting thing that they showed. And, and it goes back to the conversation that Rhaenyra and, and Damon were having in the Godswood, too. Right. I mean, it, it literally showed what it's they exactly were talking it. about. It's the it's the duty of marriage, which is what Allison is currently experiencing, and she's not enjoying it at all. And then it's what Rhaenyra is currently experiencing with this fun with her uncle. Um, you know, that mm-hmm. can't be denied. Uh, and then when they're seeing that street performer, though, one of the things I wanted to stress to you, Chris, that they really are pay. Um, they're very they they take a lot of attention to is. Uh, the street performer, whenever they mention Aegon taking the throne or Damon, the crowd kind of chuckles. Whenever they take, talk about Rhaenyra taking the throne, Cleebonim boos it because mm-hmm. she's a woman. They, know, they don't want to be ruled by a woman because it's never been done before. 
and it's a sexist, misogynistic society. Yeah, it's one thing to hear it played out in, in the court and amongst your lords and ladies, especially people who know that Rhaenyra could be listening at any time, so they're kind of more reserved about it in most cases. But then to be boots on the ground and flea bottom where... You know, people like yeah. truly do not give a fuck. Like when they, when Damon and Rhaenyra were walking by, you saw like a woman getting raped, like in in yeah. like a dark alley to yeah. the right. Um, it, so it, it's what we a lot of what we see, and especially this next scene that we're going to get into is is very visceral, and it yes, it's going to draw a reaction because it, it's meant to. It's not it's not a clean, it's not a lovey dovey feel good sort of sentiment or story you know it's it's gonna yeah it's gonna be provocative right and uh, people are gonna be pissed because the character is young rightfully so and it's her uncle keep in mind medieval he's a targaryen she's a targaryen the targaryens do that uh that part is not shocking to viserys he just is, hate, hates damon you know mm-hmm. uh but so essentially damon takes rhaenyra to a brothel seeing all the sex. next thing you know they start stripping down and they start kind of doing it and he said he's like do you see what I was telling you earlier, Rhaenyra? This is for pleasure for the man as much as it is for the woman, which I think at this point in her life, she didn't know that. She didn't know it was a pleasurable woman's experience for the woman either. And she's seeing, and of course, they're cutting to all these people doing many different things to each other and women enjoying the sex. So she realized it's possible. Damon and her then start kind of getting it on. Uh, and then he starts pulling away. But Rhaenyra's kind of grabbing at him. She wants to continue. Yeah. But Damon eventually is like, no. And I think you said because he's thinking about Viserys and he doesn't want to do that to his brother. Again, I, I think it comes back to he he does not want to belittle Viserys. They have that brotherly love. Yeah. That relationship, I think, is going to be a common theme with, throughout the next few episodes. And one thing um, I would like to dive in a little bit on, just well, I guess touch on for a second, is you mentioned Viserys is all scarred up and stuff. You know, a lot of those wounds were still open on him. He's 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 due. He's not like he's not going to last long. He's not. Yeah, he's not doing hot guys. He's he's probably got he's sepsis, got fingers missing, which is what the Black Plague essentially was was a severe form of sepsis, which you get when you're just all scraped up back then and you don't have antibiotics. And uh, seeing that we get to later on, we can kind of tie this back in. But the Iron Throne's eating his ass up, dude. Like Iron Throne is winning. Yeah, he's going 10, 10 rounds with the Iron Throne. They haven't lost a round yet. And right. then, and then another thing that you mentioned that I want to touch on before we before we continue on here is, yes, like Damon presented this side of you know sex sex that was never known to Rhaenyra or probably was never like was probably never taught to any lady at that, that like in, in the court because and yeah passionate. and and that's a thing that that's a thing that we see nowadays too right in, in teaching you know like a lot of. A lot of guys, the stigma, the stigma is that it's more, you know, accepting for guys to engage in certain things, and for sure. and it's not the same with women. So the show definitely dives into that in this episode mm-hmm. as well when she calls out Viserys about it herself. Uh, but I think, like I said, and when you're seeing Alicent um, doing having sex just for the sole purpose of getting pregnant, and then you see Rhaenyra having sort of a sexual awakening. Damon pulls away. Rhaenyra goes back to the castle, uh, to the keep, goes right into her room. Kristen Cole, who is guarding her door, is like, what the fuck? How did you get out? Yeah. Uh, And then she takes his helmet and drags him into the room to get his helmet back. She's teasing him. And she's had the sexual awakening. Damon didn't get it on with her. And she's all all juiced up, man. She's ready to rock. Mm -hmm. So she's like, Sir Kristen, do your duty. (laughs) She's like, let's get it down. And and in Fire (laughs) Emblem... 
and and in Fire and Blood, they there's different accounts of what happened on this night that we see, and and one of them is that Damon taught Rhaenyra how to please Kristen Cole because she had expressed interest in Kristen Cole to Damon. Right. And so like this sets the record could, straight. Yeah, so so seeing it how how they portray it now it actually happened um uh, is a little bit different, but you can see when you're you know, it's like the telephone game, right? Like the story changes when you go from person to person, so you can mm-hmm. kind of see how that angle could have been taken in that yeah. situation. So Rhaenyra starts stripping down, she starts stripping him down. We hear like a little clink, which is his boner hitting his armor. And he's like, my my lady, my sword has been unsheathed. And uh, he doesn't say it. none of that happened, but uh, in my head it did. And they they get it on. It's a very passionate scene. And um, yeah, I was I don't know about you guys, but ten out of ten, great scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good I to uh, see her getting hers. You know, it's good I to see her getting hers. I, I felt bad for Allison. I uh, I have a I have a take on this later, but I'll 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 save it for now. But they smang. Um, and um, Otto receives word from a trusted source that there was a lot of hijinks the night before. It's daybreak. Uh, we see a kid sort of uh, in the brothel earlier. Yeah. Uh, and he is a little birdie. As we all know, Varys' Vis- little birdies in Game of Thrones were children. And, and this spy network is well established. And uh, this kid runs to Myceria. He works for the White Worm, who Damon actually crashed at her crib that night. But apparently they didn't get it on. <laughs> He like cra- he like rented a room. They didn't even smang. She was just like, "All right, you gotta pay on your way out." But she actually gave word to Otto that Damon banged Rhaenyra. Yeah, so so they didn't actually bang. They said um, they said it was a messenger from the White Worm that goes to Otto, and and you already know the the message that's being delivered to him. And Otto then, I mean, he has a very uh, inner. He has a lot of inner conflict. It's an emotional scene by himself. Like, do I go to the king with this or not? Right. And so I think, you know, maybe you could watch that and say, oh, he's like upset that this might be happening or whatever. But no, it's the conflict is if I tell the king, am I going to get fired? That's what he's thinking about. So and, yeah. and and that turns out to make possible, you know. In as, the segments we go on, we'll see. Scene. Yeah. So we'll, I'll leave it there. But Viserys is livid when Otto gives him this news. Allison hears it in the background. Otto's like, "This is a trust." He gives him like, the, "This is a trusted source." Um, told me I could corroborated it that Damon and her were getting it on. And Viserys isn't mad, at least about Damon in front of Otto. He's mad at Otto. He says, "You know, you are you this." Intent ambitious. on getting Aegon and this ambitious, this intent on getting your grandson on the Iron Throne. You want me to disinherit Rhaenyra because of this? He said, he's like, what Rhaenyra does is her. He almost says that at first. Like, what Rhaenyra does is her business. But then Otto is always able to plant those seeds of like, well, her maidenhood means a lot to these lords. Yeah. Which really, Damon is right. It fucking doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. But these stupid old fashioned guys who don't know, but like, Rhaenyra, no matter what's a prize, in my opinion. It's it's very similar to Cersei having sex before she was married. Um, yeah, rumors of Marjorie doing the same. These, what they really want is is their their land and their money. Like so, it doesn't that doesn't really matter as long as yeah. as long as they're still the prize, like you said. So, a hundred percent. But it also is you know it's your father hearing about your teenage daughter potentially hooking up with your brother. So that I, I think there's a little bit of shame and anger there for sure, for sure. But also, I feel like the Targaryen thing is he. I mean, I think it's just more that he just gets pissed at his Damon. 
I think like in Targaryen lore, if it's your brother with your daughter, it's like a normal setup. But I think the fact that it's Damon and Damon's kind of a sleazy guy is probably like, ah, oh, God damn. And and he had just come back from an unsanctioned mission and just oh, dude, immediately and then he came back from another unsanctioned yeah, mission. Yeah, exactly. But there was no E mission, and I think it's important. They did not bang, but she did bang Chris. And she and, was ready to rock, man. She so, was ready to go. Damon blue balled her. He blew. What's the female equivalent of blue ball? He. <laughs> We won't know, say, maybe we shouldn't even dive down this road. <laughs> um, but Allison shook in the background when she hears it. She's like crying, and Allison confronts her, and she is pissed. Confronts her about Damon, and they're both sort of shook up about it. And it's kind of like, why is Allison so sad? And again, I think it plays to their romantic relationship, maybe. But Allison goes hard at Rhaenyra, kind of like, what the fuck? And Rhaenyra swears on her mother's grave that she didn't do anything, which is kind of crazy because, like, you did. Mm-hmm. Not a nice way to remember Emma. But that's like, you know, when someone says, like, I swear on my mama, like, you know, they're lying. Oh, for sure. Like, the you second know, anyone swears on anything, I'm like, bullshit. Th- put the handcuffs on. Yeah, here. Put, take, him to, take him to the lie jail. <laughs> uh, Damon is dragged before Viserys. He's criminally hungover, but also, like, my Syria was, like, slipping him some drugs. So it's all Yeah, it up. did look like he got up. drugged. Yeah, he potentially got drugged. Uh, Viserys kind of kicks him around a little bit and is like, you, you assume to do that to my daughter. And Damon's just Damon doesn't deny that he had sex with her, which is crazy because right. he didn't have sex with her. Right. But he said he's like, who cares? Better me than some whore, than some crazy dude. And he's like, we're Targaryens. Unite the blood, the house, of the dragon. Marry her to me. This this is very reminiscent of the scene, the standoff at uh, Dragonstone, where Damon lies about Maseria being pregnant. Yeah. He's but, a liar. It's he, painting him very much as a wild card. But he he continues to like not deny these things. Same thing with um how they didn't show on screen that he said that the heir for a day. I think he um, gets when Balon died, I think he gets off by it. I genuinely think that's it. I think he's a chaos agent. Matt Smith, whenever he talks about the character, talks about how he's all knives and chaos. And I think that he th- there are people like that. Yeah, there are people genuinely true that. I think they thrive in that element. They thrive in that gray area of like, oh yeah, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, you know. <laughs> yeah. I um, mean, and he was he was in bad shape too. Yeah, he was getting, he was kicking him around. He even pulled a dagger on Damon, and Damon was kind of laying there like, all right, come on, Viserys. <laughs> and Viserys like, you are to go to your lady wife at Rip, you know, in the Runestone. Bale, at Runestone at once, and he's like, right away, your grace. But he he did that before too, and he, yeah, like, well, guess Davis, what? Damon's yeah. probably not going to go again. But it's just great. Damon's been back for three days, and he's already <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> And then it's just a funny wide-angle shot of Damon just, like, rolling around on the floor. <laughs> kind of like, oh, I've been there. I've been uh, there. We've all been we've there. We've all been there. Um, Allison and Viserys then talk. She, she swears to Viserys that uh, Rhaenyra is still of virtue because Rhaenyra swore to her. And I think Allison trusts Rhaenyra at this point. That's that's that relationship revival. They're still... Relationship revival. They're, they're, still, they're still friends at this point. I'm pretty sure that's going to fall apart shortly, but they're yeah. still friends at this point. So then we're getting toward the end of the episode here. Viserys has Rhaenyra in his chambers. There is a the dagger from Aegon that we've seen. That it, I don't know if that's the cat's paw dagger from Game of Thrones. I it, is. it is. It is. Okay, yeah. confirmed. Uh, it's in the flames, and when you heat it up, there's a little uh, writing on it, um, and it says um, essentially the Song of Ice and Fire prophecy that from my blood the prince that's promised. You know. Yeah. So we learn, and it's funny because when we first saw the cat's paw dagger. Uh, that Baelish presented in Game of Thrones. Oh, it's a catch pod. We always there was a lot of theories and mysteries surrounding this thing, but we learn here that it belonged to Aegon the Conqueror and then Aenar before him, who was who was the mm. first one to come over from yeah uh, from Valyria, 
And then uh, Viserys says, the last of the Valyrian pyromancers uh, wrote a song on this, and it said, from my blood come the prince that was promised, and his will be the song of ice and fire. And I think that that's, again, a theme that we're going to see in all these um, Game of Thrones-related shows where... That, the song know, of ice and fire is going to tie everything together. And as we all know, that ended up being Samuel Tarley. Um, so that's <laughs> don't fact check that. Samuel Tarley. Samuel Tarley is a distant cousin. Um, so Viserys then sort of tells Rhaenyra that you're my political headache. They sort of duke it out. Little father son argument here, or father daughter argument, excuse me. Um, and eventually he says, you know, by the way, I've made up my mind for you. You will be marrying Laenor Valerian, which honestly is a good call. Good call. Mm-hmm. Get the sneak snake, get the sneak snake back in the picture. Um, you you fix that wound, and also you keep dragon riders together, and you bolster your 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 fleet. And Rhaenyra here says, within that heated argument between her and Viserys, she advocates for herself, saying, "If I were a man, I could I could smang whoever yeah, I want. I want you know, I could have I bastards, and, yeah. and it's just fine." And Viserys says, well, you know, you, you're not. You're born a woman, and yeah. unfortunately, that's just the way it is. It's kind of a dick move by him. Yeah. Uh, and she says, well, I will do my duty, and I'll marry Lanor, but you do yours and be the fucking king. Yeah. She's like that vulture who sits on your throne talking about Otto. She's like, you allowed him to follow me with no consequences. He means to name Aegon Air, And he sort of snaps at her and says, like, I should name Aegon Air. You disobey me at every turn. He's like, I'm not going to because I don't want to rip the realm into further, you know, division. <laughs> uh, but he, you know... <laughs> And that's it. And that's it. And honestly, everyone lives happily ever after. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to Deep Thrones. We uh, have enjoyed this ride, and that's our last episode. Queen oh, oh no, wait. wait, it doesn't work. It, I'm sorry, someone's talking in my ear. Oh, it doesn't work. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So that's sort of how that ends. And uh, and then I, I, I don't even want to talk about this next scene. I don't even want to talk about it. Okay, I'll thrive in it because Otto's no, a cha. Don't do it. So Viserys no, summoned. Don't do it. <laughs> Viserys summons Otto to the small council. This is bullshit. He was doing what any good hand would do. All right, sorry. Go ahead. Otto Otto anticipated this in that scene where he was self-conflicted, but Viserys basically gives it to Otto. Yeah. But he he kind of beats around the bush at first. He kind of backhands compliments him. Mean to him and then and then nice. Yeah. Mean and then nice. It's a lot like Machine Gun Kelly's diss track on Eminem. Where he's like, Eminem, you're a bitch. Like, we all know you're the best ever. And it's like, well, you got to just go hard. You know, you can't be so nice. But yeah, Chris is right. Viserys brings Otto in to fire him. Uh, he thanks him for being such a good servant to his father and his grandsire before him. But he also thinks that, like, he was a worm who took advantage of a lot of things, but still was also, like, a faithful hand, but also was a worm. It's very weird. Yeah, he's, and I think in Viserys' mind where he was contemplating whether or not he's going to keep Otto on, the straw that broke the camel's back there was him considering Alicent a distraction, a calculated distraction. He, he figured it out. He realized that Otto sent Alicent to him. Yeah. And he loves Alicent, I think. And, uh, and Otto is smart to say, like, you love your lady as she loves you, you know. And Otto gets fired here, and Otto abdicates for himself, but or adv- advocates for himself. But then he steps down, and the, Viserys takes the, the pin. And I think that I think Chris is right. I think Otto knew this was possible. So I think Otto is a lot like a Baelish character, where when they know any outcome is possible, they sort of prepare, prepare. for any outcome. So yeah. I don't think I don't think he sees this right now as an immediate loss, or maybe right now he does. He's going to look at his wounds, but I think he still has he still has a plan. I think he's still ready to rock. Yeah, and I I think I think this is where we start to see Alicent becoming the mouthpiece for Otto yeah, at definitely. court, and I think that that well the fact that Otto is 
fired to begin with is going to kind of drive a, a wedge between Allison and Viserys. Yeah. I also think her becoming the mouthpiece for Otto is going to have some ramifications of Viserys kind of maybe turning against her and yeah. also definitely Rhaenyra turning against, against her. So that, that reunion was short-lived, most likely. Um, but who knows? Sometimes, sometimes it's the wife who succeeds in driving a wedge between uh, the father and their children. You know, we've seen that. So yeah. who knows? Who knows how they play it? We'll see next week, probably a little bit clearer. And then the episode ends. Maester Melis comes in. He's brewed a special tea for Rhaenyra, and he just straight up says, he's like, this is a tea that the king wanted me to make for you that will rid you of any unwanted consequences from your night in Flea Bottom. Essentially, it's like a Plan B tea. Yeah, Plan B tea. The Plan B tea, which honestly, if it came in tea form, I'd drink it. What? <laughs> you think it's going to delete your poop? And, oh, that'd be interesting. <laughs> You're saying that, for, that poop is the equivalent of a child. <laughs> you never know. I don't know. Maybe a shitty like child. A good, a good male, like it's, it's essentially like a male, uh, what's it called when you get your balls... Uh, I don't know. It's all contraception. Vasectomy, yeah. yeah. You, I would get a vasectomy. Off the pot, we'll talk about this. Um, but Chris, <laughs> what, 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 uh, what, 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 what would you rate this episode? <laughs> you know what? I, I thought about this for for quite some time. You've been wrestling with it. I've, I have been. You've yeah. been wrestling with it. You know what? It the episode was very provocative. It was very visceral. It was meant to good words. You know, make you feel. It was meant to draw reactions from you. I'm sure once I pull up Twitter, there's going to be hard takes all over the place. Mm. However, I'm giving it a six, seven, five, and I'm I'm doing that because I want to be a little stingier with my ratings this now, year. Now, a six hundred and seventy-five or a six point seven. Six point seven. Okay, just want to be sure. Yes. All right. Not the highest rating the show's ever seen in I'm its glad entire you did that, existence. You used to be a fractions guy, and we don't do fractions. It's always a, you got to do decimals and a six. Oh, I'm sorry, six, six and three quarters. No, no, no. You were right the first time. <laughs> decimals. I gave it an eight. I loved it. Okay. I thought the provocative was good, knowing where the story has to go, knowing that there are so many question marks and fire and blood to what the truth is, and we're seeing this is the story the writers have decided to tell yeah. is the truth, and that George R. R. Martin gave it its blessing, so we know it's coming from the source material. I think it was a great episode. Visually well done. We're seeing Flea Bottom. The Rhaenyra stuff with Damon, of course, that's uncomfortable. It's not cool. But in this world, we understand we're going to have to deal with that. And it's juicy. And also, I I think there was sort of the flip of the script where some people could look at this episode and feel worse for Allison. And and now people could feel bad for Allison and feel bad for the scenario she's in and the circumstances she's in. Her father pushed her toward that. And then Rhaenyra sort of is living the dream, you know, she's getting it everywhere. She's had her sexual awakening, but then at the end, she's forced back into that sort of hierarchical system. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. One of my favorite parts about the episode was actually seeing seeing Flea Bottom was awesome. Yeah. But also learning how these things actually took place as opposed to reading through Fire and Blood and hearing yeah. different accounts. So it was very cool to actually get some questions answered from that book. And let me tell you something too. The and to go not to go too far off here, but you look at Game of Thrones, and we would go from area to area. We would be with Daenerys, and then we'd be with Jon Snow at the Wall, and Jamie and Brienne, or we'd be in King's Landing with Cersei. But with this show, because everything is so insular, and it's all essentially King's Landing at this point, it's condensed. It's condensed, but you're getting these cool cuts from. Here's what's happening right now in King's Landing with Allison, and here's also what's happening right now in King's Landing with Rhaenyra. Yeah. The experiences couldn't be more different. You're, you're spot on. And that's it for me on that. The rest will be dick jokes from here on out. 
<laughs> Chris, best line, yes, Queen. So I'll lead off with my best line here. Why don't you lead off with your best line here? It was from Damon to Viserys when he said, Give me Rhaenyra to take as my wife, and we'll restore the House of the Dragon to its <clears throat> former glory. Fire. Premonitions, guys. Premonitions. Premonitions. Yeah, there was a couple in that episode, but we there were a had lot. to censor ourselves. Yeah. Because it was massive spoiler, and we were like, that's too heavy, so we're not going to do it. No, I'm going to tell everyone. Don't do it. See, he's drunk again. I'm going to fucking... Guess what? Guess what, shitheads? This is how it ends. With, with great power comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. I'll tell you what. And I won't edit it. <laughs> yes, queen. Uh, my yes, queen was Miseria to Damon, where wow. she said, hard lessons are not learned, they are suffered. That's a great line. That is a fantastic and line. Very true as well. Uh, my best line is when Damon throws the crab feeder's hammer. And he goes, add it to the chair. Yeah, that was nice. And Viserys, you know, it's kind of like, oh, you fucking... It. That's something that Ice-T would say in, like, Law and Order. I'd be like, add it to the chair. And they'd be like, dude, we don't add this. What are you talking about? Uh, and then my Yas Queen was actually from the dude who got killed by Ben Blackwood. What was his name? Bracken? Yeah. He goes, uh, the kid says, he's like, I'll serve, I'll give you protection. And then the Bracken guy off the corner goes, Protection? The princess is a dragon, you dumb cunt. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was, that was a good one. But then he got stabbed. Yeah. So... Honestly, guys, you got to be careful out there. You don't know who's packing. Don't don't be nice to everyone. So big lessons here. Swords were drawn real quick. I dude, Good that's that that's another thing that. Well, actually, you know what? Let's let's yeah, is continue. Yeah, that murder. Do they have to pay consequences for that? Let's continue. Okay, hottest moment. Um, mine is simple. Uh, Viserys and Damon's huge brotherly love. That big hug when Damon came back when he get, said the stepstones in my crown are yours, your grace. It was really cool. I love that moment. That was great. I I will say in contrast to the scene that we saw in Fire and Blood, Damon flies in on Caraxes into the middle of a tournament in King's Landing, lands there. Everyone goes nuts. He's right. wearing the crown, and then he walks up to Viserys, and there's this tense moment where. Is he like gonna attack Viserys? Or like, what, yeah, what's yeah, gonna yeah, happen? Yeah. And then he goes down on the knee, and then like they hug it out there, and basically turns into a massive party at the tournament. Right. This turned into a party at the end. I think they probably yeah. figured just too many tournaments too early at this point. You know, they already did the tournament before, and yeah. that's honestly is a uh, that's a HBO decision most likely to be like you're gonna producers get weird about that shit where they're like the fans are gonna be like there's too many tournaments. You yeah. Know, you know. Yeah. Which is, I mean. I, I see that and I, I I take that point. That's a valid point, but that's Could fucking cooler, that's fucking dumb. All right, like yeah, yeah if if you're in a reign of wealth and just like extravagance, there's gonna be a lot of tournaments. True. So True. Viserys is decaying. All right, he's got to relax. He's got to take more bubble baths. My hottest moment was Damon and Rhaenyra going through going on their little date in Flea Bottom. That's cool. You know, honestly that that's that's like a perfect date night. You know, you, you go, you watch a play, you're you're going on a nice stroll holding hands, you grab some grub. Yeah. You know, and then go to you, a brothel. and then you have a little sexy time after. You go know? to a brothel and then she goes home and fucks someone else. <laughs> <laughs> well not not An those specifics. Not those specifics. <laughs> right, right, right. Just yeah, that trajectory. And also know? I didn't Google this, but I saw it online. I think that the actress is 22, so it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't look it up. Me, I didn't specifically look it up. Other people did. I've heard it somewhere. I didn't look it up, <laughs> but pretty cool. The actress is 22, though. For sure, but I didn't look it up. <laughs> but it's not me who searched it. Bust out that history, dude. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, it's well and fine deleted over here, man. <laughs> um, we're going to do a little Mount Rushmore, and this is going to be the top four Game of Thrones characters that we wish... Or that we think would thrive in House of the Dragon. Yeah, so uh, I think I went first last week. You go ahead. So, we're, so specifically, 
thriving in House of the Dragon basically means thriving in a Targaryen court. Well, there's one very obvious one. <laughs> oh, yeah. So my number one pick is Baelish, actually. Oh, I was going to take Baelish. That's, oh, oh, he's slippery. He would have been like, Rhaenyra. <laughs> Rainy. <laughs> I was going to pick him. Him and Otto together, dude. Could you imagine if those two teamed up? Oh, my up? gosh. I don't even want to. I don't want to. I want to. There's dude. so much grease in that. Yeah, it's so slippery. Honestly, that floor would be, uh, you couldn't stand on that floor. Those two only, and they're Heelys. Uh, that's a great pick. My, then, since you took Baelish, my first pick, Daenerys. Daenerys, yeah. 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 First off, what if her and Rhaenyra? What if he married her to Rhaenyra? And then those. Two, and then there's a and there's a scene where um where they're together. So I had Just, okay. <laughs> so I I actually had Daenerys on my on my board, but, but you just knew you're like she's gonna take it. Well, that and also Danny when Viserys was still alive was kind of a punk so i think with True. all these other targaryens alive danny would have just been a footnote you're not hearing it how i'm explaining it though is that her and okay Rick? okay and so my, my second pick is melisandra oh a little red priestess yeah melisandra yeah all right well since you took baelish my second pick will be Varys. okay i would love to see him he served house targaryen faithfully for many years before robert baratheon took over as king and i'd love to see his spy network go toe-to-toe him matching wits with some of these characters yeah Viserys or, or laris or you know Larry strong the clubfoot i'm gonna go with tywin lannister as my third pick Ooh, yeah him versus otto in a little in a little uh court war would be interesting that would be interesting backhanded yeah. po- po- political moves p- p- political uh, my third pick is going to be Jon Snow. Ugh. Aegon Targaryen. You serious? The third of his he name. He would get eaten alive. Are you serious? Yeah. Dude, that's an awful you you're you're you lost. No oh, okay, well I won last week. He's like he that's like saying Ned would thrive in there. I, I'm saying I would like to see him in there. I think he would thrive. He's a great swordsman. Can you imagine him and Damon going toe to toe for Rhaenyra's hand? You could be a great. Tell me that that's not you, a great. You could scene. be a great swordsman, but you're going to get John backstabbed. Snow would piece up Damon in a sword. Fight. He he got murdered at the wall by, by like 25 people. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Damon did sidestep 25 guys yeah. at the steps, though. All right, so uh, I did three already. So this is my fourth and final. Hmm. Wow, I have two really good ones. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Marjorie Tyrell. Okay. I think I think she was just born for that for that life. She's, she's very much there. an Allison. I yeah, think. she. Uh, I don't. I think she's more woke than Allison. I think she's stronger than Allison. I do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But yeah, I sure. think in the in the sense that you know to be she wants to be queen. Right. 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 That's a good pick. My fourth and final pick would be Rickon Stark. <laughs> Can you imagine him getting gobbled up by a dragon? Just that hair sticking out of the dragon's mouth. Come on, guys. That kid getting fried and toasted. Rick on Stark. My other pick was going to be the Trader of Spices, just nice. so that he could tell. He could be like, "You Corliss has ships." <laughs> but, <laughs> my yeah. my other guy on the board was Oberyn Martell. Oh yeah, Good Oberyn man. would be sick. Yeah. So I won that one. Just <laughs> with Rick on. No, your your draft was very very strong. But you're you're not understanding Daenerys and Rhaenyra. They're yeah okay. Uh, we'll move on. Um, so now we're doing uh, Westeros history minute. Westeros History Minute with the return. The we first, haven't done one. Yeah, it's a, it's it's back and it's it's necessary. This one I I wanted to give some background on the Blackwoods and the Brackens. They've had beef that's in in some cases up to a thousand years old. Believing or uh, depending upon what source you believe. So the Blackwoods are from Raventree Hall. The Brackens are from Stonehenge. Both are houses in the Riverlands, and they're both uh, 
houses of the first men. So, like I said, that rivalry rivalry was around anywhere from 500 years before Aegon's conquest to a thousand years. So, I mean, you're talking at the times of the first men coming in and taking land from the children of the forest. And then later on, you have the Andal invasion, um, which, you know, when, when they're presenting Viserys as king of the first men and the Andals, uh, th- these are the, you know, people that we're talking about here. Way before Aegon's time. So this beef yeah. goes way back. Yeah. And they actually were allied against the Andals in that invasion. And the Andals were the people who brought the faith of the seven. Um, but later on, the Brackens ended up converting to the seven. But the Blackwoods kept the old gods. And this was really where you see the roots of their beef coming in. The Brackens proceeded to poison one of the Blackwoods' weirwood trees, which the weirwood for the people who keep the old gods is that, I mean, that's their gods and body. Right. right? So that's, people in the north. that is a uh, vile thing to do to, to someone who keeps those gods. Right. So from there, it's just been peace and war at different parts in their history. But naturally, they're on opposite sides when war is coming, right? Yeah. So, you know, knowing that we're probably going to see a war coming up, it makes, probably. makes sense that the Bracken was just talking mad shit to who I think was Ben Blackwood in ben that Blackwood. scene. Yeah, and then he died. He got stabbed by the little guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, great. Thanks for that, Chris. Uh, strategy with Lord Mims. Chris, this week, I'm going to ask you, if you were Kristen Cole, would you have smanged Rhaenyra? Yes. Awesome. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, have an actual, <laughs> I have an actual question. That's an easy yes. Anyone out there who says no is a liar. Um, um, if you're Otto, do you tell Viserys the news? Do you tell him the rumors? As you, as a hand, don't you feel obligated? Technically, didn't Otto do his... He took his firing. He knew he'd get fired, and he still did it, because that is you the know, duty of a hand. You know what needs to happen there if I'm Otto? I'm having whoever our master of whispers is. Deliver that message. Smart. Because then I'm not getting fired. And maybe it's him. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. Wow. That's actually outwitting Otto, Chris. But do they have a master of whispers? It doesn't they look like Laris is on the council. No, not yet. So. They haven't really brought it up. Um, which brings us to our next segment, Unnecessary Titties. Chris, why don't you go first? Well, I think the, the obvious one is seeing, you know, what on screen is supposed to be a teenager getting touched up by their uncle. Yeah. It's kind of... It's got implications there. You know, but, I think... Is she, what, how old is she supposed to be? They said Last episode, I think they said 10 and 7. Yeah, 10 and 7. So she she very well might be 18 in this episode. Because Allison's had the baby now. Yeah. So she could be 18. Yeah. Still her uncle, though. Yeah. It's still uncomfortable. No matter how legal you are... With your uncle, it's not cool. <laughs> exactly. That goes honestly, guys. Just don't, just don't do it. Out of outside of Alabama, and yeah. then and then my second unnecessary titties was the influence sexual assault on Kristen Cole from Rhaenyra. Oh, I see. Yeah, very, very Weinstein. Power. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and you know, even to add on to that, the next time that Kristen Cole like came into that into that room he was like head down like he was ashamed it was yeah, true it wow. was it was a very deep, uncomfortable deep Rhaenyra really yeah. did abuse that position of power poor Kristen yeah. had no choice but to have sex with that beautiful young woman yeah um yeah no uh my unnecessary titties today is what a funny way to say that my unnecessary titties is uh is Viserys making the very poor decision to Fado to to fire Otto Hightower. Fado, fake Otto. I know, I know. I think it was stupid. Fuck boy I think, Otto. You know, he listened to Rhaenyra 
instead of Otto, and Otto's been a faithful. I'm, I'm honestly, I love Rhaenyra. I think she's great, but it's Otto's before hoes for me, dude. All right, and Otto's the G. I don't care what anyone says. Everyone out there who doesn't like Otto doesn't understand politics, doesn't understand playing the game. You need guys like this on your side. Everyone thinks, oh, he's scheming for the throne. Well, but he's also scheming for Viserys. He's he's made he's made some great calls for him in the four episodes he's been his hand. And firing him, I think, is going to cost him dearly. And I think it's going to cost him soon. And he's decaying as we speak. And I think it's the gods' way of punishing him. Even though he was decaying before he fired Otto, but I think the gods could they are um, they can see ahead of time. He Viserys does mention a good point. He basically says everyone at this court is is self interested. Which is, I mean, exactly. But as long as Otto's self-interest don't align supersede the realms, yeah, with Viserys's interest in the realms, yeah, in the realms, he then, says that to him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Good point, Chris. And maybe that's maybe that's my fault, but you know, love just knows who it loves, and it, love for me knows Otto. He's the <laughs> man. Uh, so trial by combat. Well, hold on, we missed one. We got we missed you blew it. Oh my god! Yeah, dude, that's my favorite segment. Oh my goodness, dude. Wait, do I even have one? I have, right, a, I, I have a great one lined Jeez. up. Yeah. Oh my god, you blew it. Which was that after? Oh, I see. Yeah, we just totally skipped over. Well, it. we hey. replaced it with Westeros History Minute, but okay. I also wanted to do you blew it. But guess what? As the owners of this podcast, we can do these segments in whatever order, order we want. You guys are getting a bonus segment this yeah, week. Yeah, you're getting a boner segment this week. Um, so uh, my my you blew it is the Bracken that was talking all that crap, and then got uh, stabbed and disemboweled by Ben Blackwood. So. You 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 blew it, Mister Bracken. You blew it, dude. We don't even love you because I, I honestly don't know much about you. But I, I wish you the best in 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 the after in the, in the afterlife. Uh, Milo, you blew it. Is Rhaenyra and Damon because they didn't use any discretion? They yeah. bust out the blonde hair. They're dropping their britches, so there's probably a lot more blonde hair that we didn't see on screen that the that the people in there are seeing. And it's like, well, even when he like runs off, she says like Damon. Yeah. Rhaenyra, use code words. Be like uncle or <laughs> anything else. Uh, just use a little bit of discretion. So Rhaenyra and Damon. You blew it. You blew it. You guys blew it. You blew it. And then Rhaenyra also with Kristen. You know, come on. Um. So now we got trial by combat. I'm we glad do. we did that because you blew us one of my favorite segments. Thank you for reminding me. I'm sorry about of that. Of course. So this week's trial by combat might not be my best, but who cares? I can do whatever I want. Uh, it was influenced, <laughs> and I'll do it if I want. And I'll do it if I, and I'm going to do it. It was influenced by my good, my good pal Garrett, a good pal of the pod, good, good, good pal of both of us. Uh, and he's been wanting me to say this forever, and I honestly have made a movie around it. And what you think about Chris, like when you're a young man, what movies are cooler than any other movies? Late night Cinemax, or as it's known in the industry, Skinemax, because it's got the basic cable softcore porno where they're just fake doing it. But it, yeah, you yeah. When you stay up past like midnight, yeah, you, you venture on those channels a little bit. Back in the day when Comedy Central would have like those two and a half minute girls going wild commercials, and you're like, <laughs> those infomercials, and you'd be like, "It's a marathon," but I'm willing to run this marathon. You, you yeah. hear that tropical music? And you're on. like, oh, "This is my time." Um, <laughs> or BET Uncut. Yeah. Uh, oh man, that was wild, that was dude. wild. Yeah. Tip drill music video. We know too many, too many to count. <laughs> But this week's trial by combat is based on those those softcore pornos, um, and they clearly just copy famous already existent movies and change the title a little bit to something hilarious. A couple that I wrote down: Parody Law, yeah, The Da Vinci Coed, The Hills Have Thighs, The Devil Wears Nada, 
pretty funny. That's one of my favorites. So this week, I mean, we <laughs> Game of the, Bones. You Game missed of Bones. that one. That's yeah. a real porno, though. Pirates. There was pirates. one just this called pirates. pirates. Yeah, Pirates is a classic. Pirates <laughs> is a classic. You can't even bring up Pirates. There's also, they would do like, not The Office, XXX. And it would just be like, you know, they'd kind of look like the people from The Office. Um, and this one is based on House of the Dragon, but it's called House of Dem Titties. Nice. And it's, yeah, because I feel like we've done movies, we've done shows, we've done prequels, we've done uh, superhero movies, we've done Air Bud. I remember Kremlin Corruption, oh, which yeah. now is looking awfully premonition type, right? We, we called it. We you called, called it. it. We, called, we had an Air Bud in there, figure some shit out. But I think now we get a little bit into the adult genre. And then next week I'll do like a kids show or something. I don't know. Who cares? But, we, we oh, got... we already had a kids show. We had Slime and Kids with Joe Rogan. <laughs> um, but this, but this, this week, this week we're getting to the adult game. <laughs> it's House, House of Dem Titties. Oh, yeah, we we got to diversify our portfolio. We got to appeal to every yeah, audience here. In Otto, and it's gonna definitely be the hottest guy. And it's it's for all those same reasons that I was saying this episode was good. It's provocative. It's provocative. visceral. Draws reaction. People talk. That's it. People talk, and uh, if you could honestly, no, no press is bad press nowadays. Well, on on that, we will wrap it up for this week. We will see you guys on Wednesday morning with the midweek mayhem. Um, Happy birthday, Brett! Happy birthday, Brett! Yeah, that's right. Our legal counsel. It's his birthday. It's his birthday. Um, Follow us on Deep Thrones Pod on Instagram, Twitter. And TikTok And now. TikTok, yeah. And um, that's all I've got. That's all I've got as well. Look for us on uh, Midweek Mayhem as well, coming out Wednesday. And uh, Allison, hit me up. Let's go for a nice night out in Flea Bottom. <laughs>